Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. This evening, I want to start on something that I hope to cover in two weeks. But I don't know. As the Holy Spirit leads, we may, we may talk about it on several occasions for the rest of this year. But it's possibly one of the most important subjects in the kingdom of God that you can grasp and I pray that you'll grasp it because you require a spirit of revelation to understand what I'm about to say. Now, as believers, we are all overcomers. No matter what we are going through, Jesus is the answer. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And because faith comes by the Word, next to salvation, the Word is the most important gift in our lives. Now, if our marriage is not doing well, then we need the Word of God. If our job is not doing well, we need the Word of God. If our business is not profiting, we need the Word of God. When we have the Word, we have God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you have the Word in your situation, God is there together with you. Now, Galatians chapter 3, this is where I want to start today. It says in verse 5, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So when God works miracles or when God works miracles among us, he does it by the hearing of faith. Now, verse 6, Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So, notice something interesting here that you may not be aware previously. The gospel was preached, even in the Old Testament. So don't think the gospel only came in the time of Jesus. The gospel was preached to Abraham, and gospel means good news. So what was the good news? Well, the blessing of God is coming to you. You can be blessed. Now, look at verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Those who are of faith, if you believe, you are blessed. Now, go a little further down to verse 13 and verse 14. Can we all read these two verses together, starting now? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through Faith, through faith. How does the blessing come? Through faith. So to activate the word, we have to apply faith for it to work. To activate the name of Jesus. Jesus says, if you pray in my name, you'll heal the sick, right? If you pray in my name, God will answer you. My Father in heaven will answer you that your joy may be full. To activate the name of Jesus Christ we have to apply faith 
for it to work. Just uttering it alone is not enough. You've got to have faith in it. Now, to apply, uh, to activate the blood of Jesus, we have to apply faith for it to work. It is the same with the blessing of God. It takes faith for it to work. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing of the word. So faith is more than a feeling. The Bible talks about the spirit of faith. That means it's a spiritual thing. It's not something you, you just feel. Well, I feel happy today. I guess I have faith. I don't feel anything. I guess faith is not there. No, no, no. Faith is a force that comes out of our human spirit. When it's being developed by the Word of God, growing on the inside of us. So the more we feed on God's Word, that's why you come to church, and every time you leave church, you feel happier. You feel you have come up higher because faith has developed within you, and you feel strong. And usually, when you start a meeting, it's powerful, and every meeting, every service we have, we always end powerful and victorious because of that element of faith. Faith is a powerful force. So some people ask the question, what can faith really do? Pastor, you talk so much about faith. What can faith really do? Now, that's a wrong question. The right question should be, what can faith not do? Or what can faith do? There's nothing faith cannot do. There's nothing impossible to you the moment you have faith. So faith brings the blessing. Now, blessing what is the blessing? It is the empowerment of God to succeed. You are empowered to be successful. Blessing is the power of God to produce. So if you're not productive in your job, you need the blessing of God. Then you become productive. Yeah? Blessing is the anointing through which divine favor will flow. So we always say, I'm greatly blessed, and what follows, and highly favored. Because when you're blessed, favor flows. Now, what is favor? Favor means preferential treatment. God gives you preferential treatment. You have favor. You know, you, 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 in your business, people give you priority. They give you first choice. Maybe there are three uh, companies coming for tender. The favor of God is upon you. You get selected, right? Preferential treatment. Everybody say, I'm greatly Blessed and highly favored. Right. Now, what is blessing? Blessing is the covenant of God that overrides any curse. So if you are blessed, you don't need to worry about curses. You know, I remember years ago when our church was starting out, one day, one pastor was very nervous uh, from another ministry, came to me and said, Pastor, I just hear that there are uh, different groups of people in, in, in sorcery and, 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 you know, they're basically doing witchcraft, and they are doing stuff against you. And then the Holy Spirit told me, he said, Colin, you don't need to worry. Whoever bless you shall be blessed. Whoever curse you shall be cursed. When you have the blessing of God, it's a covenant with God, yeah, that, that overrides any curse. Now, Proverbs 10, 22, I've been sharing this over the last few weeks. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So you, are, you can be blessed. And the result of it, you have more than enough. All right? I, I leave 
the definition of rich to, for your, your own uh, study. You, if you feel conservative about it, say, well, I just want to be, have more than enough, that's fine. For some of you, you say, well, I want to have super more than enough, it's according to your faith. But what I'm trying to say is this, when God blesses, well, there's no sorrow attaching with it. And NIV Bible says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. So you can be successful in life without toiling, without continuous labor, without all the struggles, sacrificing your health, sacrificing your marriage. See, what's the point of being successful and lose your marriage? What's the point of having all the money in the world and lose your health? You don't have to sacrifice your morality or your consecration in the process. And the entire Bible, from cover to cover, literary, uh, literally, from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation 22, it talks about the blessing of God, the blessing of God, the blessing of God, the blessing of God. So I want to start by going to Genesis for a moment, okay? Stay with me for a moment. In Genesis chapter 2 and in verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, put a footnote. Just circle it if you have your Bible. God formed man from the dust of the ground. And then look at verse 3. Then God, uh, yeah, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So there are some things God created. There are some things God made. Created means to come from nothing. So he created something out of nothing. Now, to, to, to be made means to form something out of what was already created. Now, there are two things about man, two things about you and I, the humankind, that we need to understand. Man was both created and made. So in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So out of nothing, God created the spirit of man. So deep inside us, now there is a human spirit. God himself is a spirit. So mankind was the exact duplicate of God. We are created in his image, in his likeness. We carry his DNA. So the real us is deep inside that nobody can see, but God sees it every single day. It's the human spirit. But from the dust of the ground, God formed his body, which is the outer shell. So this body is temporary. This body one day to dust, it will return back to dust, right? From dust, it will return back to dust. Now, look at verse 28, Genesis 1, 28. Then God blessed them. See, God wants to bless us. And this is the gospel. The gospel is not just about salvation. 
The gospel is about how we can be blessed. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. And then over all the other creatures. Now, look, God blessed them. With this blessing, Adam was empowered to succeed. He's empowered to become productive. He was able to flow in divine favor. His assignment, we talk about our assignment, more than just our jobs, more than just the money we can earn. We all have a purpose, a life assignment. Now, Adam's assignment together with Eve was to bring the Garden of Eden to the entire earth. All right? So God planted him in the Garden of Eden, but God said, look, you are to multiply. You are to subdue. You are to take what you have here and cover the whole earth and take dominion. So God's original purpose was for the earth to be the entire earth to be the Garden of Eden. God's original purpose is for the earth, for the world, to be a duplicate of heaven. Everything we see here in the natural is meant to be a duplicate of what is happening in heaven. Adam and Eve, Adam himself, was a duplicate of God in his image, in his likeness. That's why when you read the Bible, when God gave the blueprint of the sanctuary, of the temple, it was a copy and a shadow of what's in heaven. I just quoted you the exact verse from Hebrews chapter 8. The temple was a duplicate of how worship was being carried out on a much mega scale in heaven. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray. And today you recited it during Holy Communion. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything that is happening on the earth, God wants it to be a duplicate of what's going on in heaven, right? So nothing was impossible to Adam. Adam was a duplicate of God. All he needed to do was to stay in faith, was to believe, was to trust in God's word and God's promises. Enjoy God, worship God, rest in God, and work with God. But when Adam sinned, his spirit inside died. The spirit man died. And with sin, death came into the whole world. All of a sudden, you have sickness and disease and pestilence and plagues and earthquakes and tsunamis and volcano eruptions. Everything with death in it. Anything that's death, well, it all came in, okay? So when Jesus came, mankind was redeemed. We were reborn. We were born again. So now the spirit inside is born again, yeah? So Jesus says, the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is now within you. So, for now, the Garden of Eden, we don't see it anywhere. 
but it's in our hearts. It's in our hearts. Yeah? And God wants to take us back to the Garden of Eden mindset, to the Garden of Eden lifestyle. Everybody say out loud together with me. My spirit inside is alive. Now say it 10 times louder. My spirit inside is alive. Now this time, I want you to turn to someone in front or behind you. Turn to two or three people and say, your spirit inside is alive. Yeah. So we have to learn to live from inside out. We have to learn to live a lifestyle where there's no limits, where there's nothing impossible. No limits to what God can do with us. That is why when you read the Bible, Matthew 14, I believe, when Simon Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, what did he say? Lord, if that's you, command me to come. Let me come and walk on the water with you. Now, what did Jesus do? Jesus, with no hesitation, said, Peter, come. You see, he was excited about it. Jesus said, yes, of course, come. God loves it when we have faith. And faith thrives on the impossible. Faith feeds on that which is impossible. If something is not impossible, you don't need faith. The very fact that without faith it's impossible to please God, it means this. If we live life where there's no impossibilities, God is not happy. You know, friends, so Satan, the enemy, wants to keep us carnal, fearful, worried all the time, to contain us, to limit us, play safe. Don't do anything too drastic. Don't, don't go over the normal boundaries too much. You know, so we can be saved, but yet have a fearful, stressed out, carnal mind. Thoughts like, yes, I'm safe, but I'll always be sick and weak. Yes, I, I've been saved, but I'm forever be broke. Yes, I know I'm a Christian, but I don't think I can do this. I will always live a defeated life. So the enemy's job is to keep us from faith, to keep us stuck in the kingdom of this world. And yet Jesus says in John 14 and verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. How many believers of Jesus Christ do we have here? Can you wave both hands and shout a little bit? Right? In other words, you who believes in Jesus, he's talking to you. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. Greater works than Jesus. Greater works than Jesus, because I go to my Father. So everything we read in the Bible that Jesus did, technically we can do. Anything Jesus did, technically, by faith, we can do. If only we believe. If only we believe. Everything. This week, I'm just so blessed because... Many years ago, R.W. Shambach came to City Harvest Church before he died and went home to be with the Lord. And Brother Shambach, before he died, he was 
still looking for me, and I'm just blessed to be able to know a great man of God. Well, Brother Shamba used to serve together in the 1950s with a, a tremendous evangelist called A.A. A. Allen. Right? He, some said he's one of the greatest evangelists ever lived since the day of Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Well, Shambach shared how one night, one woman came to their meeting. I believe they're meeting in somewhere in Alabama and came to a meeting with a child, a four-year-old boy, they have 26 major disorder, deformities, and sickness. 26, right? The boy was born blind and deaf and mute. His tongue of the mouth was hanging out from the day he was born. He was, the tongue was always hanging out. Both arms were crippled and deformed. His elbows were protruding up to his little tummy. His knees touched his elbows. Both legs were crippled and deformed, had no toes, so he had club feet. He has never walked a day in his life. Four-year-old boy. There were 3,000 people in the service. Suddenly, evangelist A. Allen had a word of knowledge. He said, tonight, I, God wants me to pray for a baby born with 12, no, 16, no. And he said, 26 diseases. He said, I see in a vision. There were five doctors in the maternity ward when this baby was born. And they all said he would never live beyond his first birthday. But this boy went against all odds and is now approaching four years old. I see a mother and child driving in an old Ford car coming down from Tennessee to Alabama, and this child was in a bassinet in the back seat. Oh, I see the, the car coming into the car park. Oh my, the lady, you are here in the service right now. Please bring your child to the front. With that, the mother brought the child forward. A. Allen wanted everyone not to look at the boy, but to focus their faith on Jesus. So he said, everybody close your eyes and pray. And we believe God for 26 miracles that's going to happen right now. <laughs> R.W. Shambach say, no way I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> Jesus says to watch and pray. So I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> so they started praying. And what they heard next was loud snap, crack, pop. Bones were cracking. And then all of a sudden, this little boy's tongue snapped back into the mouth like a rubber band. His little arms and, and legs cracked and popped like pieces of wood. They were stretched out and they were straightened. The toes begin, toes, listen, begin to grow out of those club feet, first like plaster scenes, and then it became human flesh. And then they saw milky-looking whirlpool forming in, their, in the eye socket, swirling, 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 and eyeballs came out. Oh, come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. He had two brand-new brown eyes 
and deaf ears were instantly opened. This boy has never walked. When they put him on the floor, now he has never seen his mother, never uttered a word. The moment they put him for the first time, he stood on his feet, he shouted, Mama, and ran into the arms of the mother standing on the stage, totally healed by the power of God. Oh, come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. The four-year-old boy was later examined and studied by doctors all over the United States. And they pronounced him medically cured of 26 diseases and major disorders. A genuine, undisputable, notable miracle that even the top doctors in America could not deny. Our God is a healer, friends. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. This blessing is powerful enough to grow limbs, to create eyes when there were no eyes. We shouldn't be surprised because when we read the gospel, Jesus did all that. Remember last week or two weeks ago, I showed you, Jesus grew limbs when people were maimed and they were either deformed or they have one arm missing, one leg missing, and they were made whole. Anything Jesus did, we can do. And he said, even greater. So can I suggest that although we are 27 years as a church in City Harvest, we are only scratching on the surface because there are way, way more and greater miracles that we have yet to see and we are going to see it in our lifetime. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. So church, we must start going for the impossible because faith feeds on the impossible. Everybody say out loud, say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now, this blessing is only activated by faith and faith comes by the hearing of the word. So for us to come into God's power, to come, for us to come into God's best, we can't live by information. We must go by revelation. We must go by revelation. All right? And this week and next week, we're going to talk about this. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, But we all with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How many of you this evening, you have looked at the mirror uh, at least once today? You have looked at yourself in the mirror already once today. Put up your hands. How many of you have looked at the mirror more than once? How many of you look at a mirror every one hour? Don't put up your hands, sir. In fact, nowadays they have apps, right? You can phone and you can just see yourself. We look at the mirror to see ourselves, to ensure that everything is in place. Nothing is out of place. If our hair is messy, we can comb it. If our shirt is untidy, we straighten it. If our face is dirty, we wash it. If we have some infection or, you know, uh, bumps on, on, on our body, we get it fixed. 
But more importantly, the mirror also reminds us every day when we look at it, today when you see it, or the last one hour when you look at it, it reminds us who we are like, our shape, how we look like, our face. Oh, this is how I look like, because you see in the mirror. Do you know when a child is 6 to 18 years old, he or she will start to recognize himself in the mirror. Earliest is about six months. Suddenly, he can see, oh, this image, I know, is me. Do you know not every animal or mammal or creature can do that? They call this, in psychology, they call this the mirror stage. Between six months to 18 months, the mirror stage. Our ability to accept ourselves. Okay, this is how I look like. I can accept. I can accept it. It will affect our entire development for the rest of our lives. Because now, you're not living by what people say how you look like. You see for yourself in a mirror. Now, the Word of God is a powerful mirror. That's what the Bible is trying to say here in 2 Corinthians 3. It shows us who Jesus is and who we are like. So when I look into this mirror, it shows me certain parts that I can't see. So we need to see a mirror so we can, because we have a mirror, we can see. Right? If a dentist doesn't use a mirror, it can't fix your teeth. You know, if you don't use a mirror, you cannot check how's your hair like behind. So this word, the Bible, is a mirror. It shows us not just who Jesus is, it tells us who we are like. Now, if we cannot recognize ourselves when we see this mirror, something is going to be wrong in our Christian development. So, when we can accept what the Bible says, about Jesus and us, we will be transformed into that image, the same image as what we are seeing to be like Jesus in His victory, a victorious, powerful, anointed, resurrected, nothing is impossible, Jesus. That means we're restored back to our original state created in the image and the likeness of God. This is the word that will help us to be like Him we will become more like Jesus. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Put up your hands, yeah? Yes, this is the key, the word. So let's look at some verses. What does the mirror of God's word say about us? And if you cannot accept this, then it's going to affect your development as a believer. Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I want you to just put on your seatbelts right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, put on, tighten your seatbelts. Get ready for a great adventure right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, notice it is not past tense. It is past 
perfect tense. That means already done. God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessing. Now, I know you're very rational and logical people. If all has been given to you, what more is there to give? In other words, everything we need has been given already. The money you need to buy your milk powder for your kids, the money you need for your new home, already, He has blessed you. The open doors for our career advancement so that we get elevated and promoted, already, it's given. He has blessed you. Unless you're saying that God is lying. The healing for our marriage, the healing for our physical body, He has blessed us. Everything that you need, we are not going to be blessed we are already blessed. So when you see the word, what do you see? Do you see yourself already blessed? Now, technically, if you want to be very sticky about this, when someone comes and says, oh, bless you, you can actually say, no, I'm already blessed. <laughs> but we are not going to be super spiritual and flaky about this, right? <laughs> but pastor, look at my life, Pastor Kong. I don't see the blessing. I don't feel the blessing. Look, it's in the heavenly places. That means it's already there in the spiritual, invisible realm. God has already promised, provided, and prepared for us. Everything that we need is already there. Where? In Christ. And, and where is Christ? In me. One more time, right? Maybe you didn't get it. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Where? In the heavenly place. Where? In Christ. Where is Christ? In us. Where is Jesus? In us. How many of you have Jesus in you? You, you sound like you're not sure, right? One more time. How many of you have Jesus in, in you? Yeah? So all spiritual blessings is already in me. In other words, I have a new house on the inside. I have a new car on the inside. I have a prospering career and business on the inside. I have healing and deliverance on the inside. I have marriage, if you are a single, on the inside. I have a wonderful family on the inside in the heavenly places, in Christ, and because Christ is in me, I have it on the inside. Oh, come on, go ahead and give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Now you say, oh, come on, pastor. How can I have a house on the inside? Well, inside of us is the wisdom, the mind of Christ, the discernment, the direction, the guidance, the know-how such that when we have finished applying those wisdom and those know-how and those discernment, the house, the car, the business, the marriage, they all will come. See, for too long we've been taught that we are not good enough. So if we fulfill our religious duties, then maybe God will decide to do something good for us. 
Maybe God will decide to bless us. It's totally wrong. Every spiritual blessing we ever need in our entire life is already given in its entirety according to this scripture. God has already moved. It's now your turn, our turn. What must we do? Take it by faith. Remember what I shared with you, right? In Hebrews chapter uh, 11, 18 times by faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, uh, David. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. 18 times by faith. Two times through faith. Now, all of them saw nothing, felt nothing, but they believed everything was given. There was a city prepared for them whose maker and builder was God. So what did they do? Everything we need in life is by faith, 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 through faith, through faith. Now, some of you, maybe you don't get it. Pastor, how can all the miracles of God come into my life? How can all the spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ, become appropriated in my life? By faith, 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 through faith, through faith. Come on, go ahead and give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead and praise the Lord. Amen. But pastor, how can we say we got it when we can't see it? That is what the whole life of faith is all about. That is the adventure. We don't go by our sense knowledge. We go by revelation knowledge. We live by the mirror of God's Word. So, the, the Word allows me to see into the spiritual realm what I can't see with my own eyes. The Word is a mirror to show me who I am, really, who I am, and what I already have in Jesus Christ. So, it's like a mirror. It's a reflection. So, when I see, I see a healthy person. I see a victorious Kong. I see a, a, a Kong that more than enough. I see a Kong that's no worries and no stress. I see a Kong who is free. I see a Kong who is anointed of God. It's a reflection of what I already possess in my spirit. So life is not using our faith trying to get God to do something He has not done. Life is us releasing what He has already given to us 2,000 years ago through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, when you understand this, then prayer is not begging God to do something as if He has not done. Oh God, please send revival. Oh God, please, we humble ourselves. Please, oh God, please. Oh God, no. Friends, it's as if we pray as if God is not willing. God is not willing for our cell group to grow. God is not willing for our marriage to be blessed. God is not willing for us to be healthy. No, prayer is believing. 
and agreeing what He has already done through His finished work on the cross of Calvary. We declare that the kingdom of God is here. That's what prayer is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then fasting is not manipulating God. Oh God, I'm not going to eat. God, I'm on a hunger strike until you do what I want. No, friends, our fasting is dealing with, with our carnal flesh so that we can get rid of the doubt. We get rid of the unbelief so that we can easily agree with what He has already done and what He has already given. So even when we fast, we fast by faith. We don't fast to manipulate God. That's why Dr. Cho always tells me because he knows I love fasting. I mean, I just have a grace for it. He said, Kong, he always tells me, he said, Kong, when you fast, fast in faith. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Now, look at this. Can we all read this verse together starting now? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, Peter didn't make a grammatical mistake. He said, I don't, I don't feel healed. But you were. Because when you look at the mirror of the word, you are healthy. When you look at the mirror of the word, there's no cancer. You will live strong, you'll live long and you'll live strong. You know, so Peter spoke by revelation knowledge. We were already healed. So when we pray, you got to come in agreement. Oh God, please, please heal. No, God, you already healed. I am healed, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for the healing to manifest itself. You see, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, one more time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Question, when were we chosen? When? Before the foundation of the world, right? Hello, are we reading the same Bible or not? You guys are quiet. You, you are like, stay or shut. Are we reading the same Bible? When were we chosen? Come on, talk to me. Before the foundation of the world. That means before even Adam was created, God already knew you. He knew a girl called Sun. He knew a man called Kong. He knew a wonderful pastor that would eventually pastor Kong one day called Ken Wong, <laughs> who will marry a wonderful lady called Sister Esther. Before Adam even took the first breath, God has already chosen us. When were we blessed then? Oh, I was blessed when prophet so-and-so called me out of the crowd and, and anointed me and prayed for me. That was when I was blessed. No. You were blessed before the foundation of the world. You see, everything took place before the foundation of the world. In other words, God already knew what we need on September the 4th, 2016, today, right now. And He already have all the answers prepared 
for us. Everything we need to become an overcomer, to have victory over any situation, everything is already there waiting for us to take it by faith. Come on, give God a big hand. How does faith come? By the Word of God. So what scripture are you standing on today so that you are able to have the faith to take the answer that you need? Oh, well, God is good all the time. All the time God is good. No, that's not scripture. <laughs> what scripture are you standing on? Oh, you got to be under the spell and the glory comes out. Now, that's a nice slogan, but that's not scripture. Oh, oh, God is never early. He's never late. God is right on time. That's not scripture. What verse are you standing on? Oh, God will turn every mess into a message. Now, that's in Pinterest, but that's not from the Word of God. What scripture are you standing on that will build that faith to release what God has already given and prepared for you? You see, faith is a substance. And the substance comes from the Word. You got to have the Word. Now, go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, okay? It says in verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more we increase in our knowledge of God and Jesus, the less worry, the less stress, the more peace we are going to have. Verse 3, As His divine power has given to us all things, present perfect tense, already, He has given to us all things that pertain to life. Everything we need to live a successful, victorious life, already given. And godliness, everything you need to be a holy Christian, spiritual, anointed, carrier of revival, a soul winner, a builder of the local church, everything you need, He has already given. Right? How many of you believe God will never lie to you? Amen? So there's really nothing more to give. If He's already given, then there's really nothing more to give. Then we don't need to run around collecting anointing from preacher A and preacher B and preacher C because everything's already given. Watchman Nee says, Watchman Nee, the greatest Bible teacher in history, said this. He said, in the split second of conversion, when you invite Jesus to come into your heart, in that split second when you're born again, everything you need to live a victorious, successful life, in that singularity of moment, is given to you. And you will live the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years to unpack that out one by one and realize how powerful that born again experience is. Oh, come on, go ahead and give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead and praise God. Amen. Romans 5 verse 5. Romans 5 verse 5. Can we all read this together? Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Double past perfect answer. When we walk with Jesus, whatever we hope, we know God will never let us down. God will never disappoint us. Sometimes we are so afraid. We're so afraid 
if we set ourselves so high, the fall will be so great and the disappointment was so great. See, that's why everything in life is faith. Do you trust him? You know, what if pastor toned down? What if you set yourself so high and then it doesn't happen? Listen, friends, whatever we hope for will come to pass. We won't be disappointed because you're walking with Jesus, right? Because God has already poured his love in its entirety. All the love we need to go through every heartbreak and every disappointment and every painful experience is already poured inside us along with His Holy Spirit, which is already given. But I don't feel anything. I feel dry. Again, you got to go by faith. You see, you got to get a scripture. You got to meditate on the Word. It's not by the sensation of our emotions or by the sensation of our flesh. And, but the more we do this, the more we understand, the more we have revelation, the more faith on the inside appropriate, you'll be the happiest person alive. Because all the love you ever need in this life, all the love that counts, is already poured on the inside. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are deeply loved. Yeah. When we understand all this, we mustn't live as if Jesus hasn't done enough for us. Our whole life is really learning to release what was already given, unpack what was already put inside, releasing healing when we need to be healed, releasing abundance when we need supply, releasing deliverance when we need freedom, releasing that love when we feel depressed. The Word of God is a mirror to show what's already deposited inside us. Problem is, like, why do we look at mirror all the time? Because you forget how you look. <laughs> so you keep looking. Of course, if you're vain, you look at it more than normal people. <laughs> James chapter 1, right? It says, verse 23, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. So the word is like a mirror. You, when you read, it's like looking at your face in a mirror. He observes himself. You see what the word says about you. goes away immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So we keep forgetting what the Word of God says about Jesus and about us. Verse 25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that means the Word, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed. See the Word? In what he does. So we must continually focus on the Word of God until it becomes second nature. Until the moment we close our eyes, we still can remember the image of how we look like in the Word. Until when we close our eyes, by His stripes, I was healed. <laughs> yeah? The other day I was at a hair salon. Funny story, cut my hair because it grew a little long. And then... The radio was on in class 95. You know, it's for older guys like me. And they're playing an old BG song. And soon, before I know it, uncoordinated, the hairstylist, our church member, Perry, and I, we were singing the song. 
And you come to me on the summer breeze, keep me warm in your love, and you softly live, leave. And it's me you need to know how deep is your love. <laughs> so you guys know. Do you know how old that song is? 1997. I was in secondary one. But you know, the thing is, we were all kids, right? Saturday Night Fever. You know, so we all get all the books. We're going to get the, the album, the record. <laughs> what was it? 33 and the third RPM. Listen to it again and again and again and again and again until we know it in, by heart. That's why we say by heart. We know it. Until 77. 40 years later, Class 95 is playing. It's cutting my hair. And we are not talking to each other. Suddenly, we are both singing. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I really need to know. Because we are living in a world of fools. <laughs> Breaking us down. Okay, this is church service, right? Hallelujah. Yeah. The words got into our subconscious level. So today, I knew I'm going to give this example. I said, I got to show you guys I'm still spiritual. Remember this old song? I mean, a lot of the new songs, I, I can't remember, except our church songs, but because it's so complicated. So there is verse, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, bridge, bridge, bridge one, bridge two. Oh, it's so complicated. I mean, last time life was simpler. Remember the song? Um, Worthy, oh worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be thanked and praised and worship and adore. Who can remember? This song is like 40 years old. Worthy, oh worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be thanked and praised. Come on, my, uh, Ming, I'm going to test you right now. Ming, grow up to you. Come on, Ming, come, 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 Ming. Come, come, Ming, you look like a good singer. Come. Woo! Ming, don't let me down. You see? Okay, Ming. I don't think we sang this at 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try, let's try. I help you. I tell you. I help you. I help you. Okay. Okay, take the mic. Worthy, oh, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be thanked and praised and worship and adore. Come on, Ming. Don't let me down. Worthy, oh, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be thanked and praised and worship and adore. Singing hallelujah. Well, glory to, glory to, to the, the Lamb. Uh, we worship and, and adore, adore you, you and bow before you. And, and okay. no, Hallelujah. No <laughs> Glory to the <laughs> King. We are more than a conqueror. Your Lord of everything. Amen. But it's there, right? 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 It's very awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's there, it's there. It's inside, it's right? There, it's there, it's, it's there. in your subconscious. Yes, yes. Come on, let's give us the make a big clap, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, the reason why we forget God's word, uh, there's a reason I'm telling you this, not just to sing you songs, right? The reason we forget, because when we hear the word, it's only at a conscious level. But the Bible says we got to be renewed not in our mind alone at a conscious level, but in the spirit of our minds. That means it must go deeper into our subconscious. It must go deeper. And by that, it means that it must come to a place 
where we automatically think of the word, visualize the word, believe the word, speak the word, do the word with no effort at all. Like when I sat there at Paris Hair Salon and independently, we both start humming the song, How Deep Is Your Love? No effort! Because they have gone all the way down to our subconscious. You know, can you remember the first time you, you drove a car, for those of you who drives? Remember, in those days when I learned how to drive, we still have clutch, clutch and the stick. Remember? Right? They call it the shift stick. Yeah? So what do you do? First time you learn how to drive, press the, you, you're very nervous. Press the clutch, do the stick, engage the gear, first gear. Then what do you do? Signal. Look at the rear mirror. Check for car. Slowly come out. And then all the time, your foot is on, one foot on the brake because you're so afraid. <laughs> right? Then you go, you, every little thing, you, you, jerk, you, you keep jerking, keep pressing the brake. Because first time you're new. But then after a while, all of a sudden, you, you, every day you go back and forth, back to work. You don't even care. When you, you know, engage the clutch, engage the gear, you check. You don't even care how many red lights there were. You, you, you filter through how many lanes. It's second nature. All you, all you knew was I got from home to work. Because it's automatic. Effortless. Effortless. In fact, some ladies are so good, and I kid you not, even in Singapore, I've seen this. They drive to work, right? You know, of course, nowadays the car is automatic. They drive to work, one hand on the steering wheel, and then another hand, uh, and then they're talking on hands-free on the phone, you know, and then another hand eating a sandwich and once in a while sip the thing. And I don't know how they do it. They can even do on their mascara looking at the rear mirror while they're driving, <laughs> filtering through three lanes. <laughs> filtering through three lanes. I really cannot figure out how women can do their makeup in the car. <laughs> but one time I was driving and I saw a woman driving and doing makeup at the same time and talking on the phone. That's what I'm talking about. We meditate and renew in our mind with the Word of God to such a point, it automatically comes up with no effort. It's the first thought in our mind. Doctor comes with a report, you have cancer, suspected of cancer. According to the mirror by his stripes, I was healed. The, you see the bank statement, the first, the devil say, ah, you're going to be finished. You're going to go under. Nobody is going to give you any loan for your business. You say, according to the mirror, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You hear rumour saying that maybe your company is going through a retrenchment. You look at the mirror, according to the mirror of the world, I don't even need to look immediately. I know I'll be blessed in my coming in. I'll be blessed in my going out. So even if I got to go out, I'm going to be blessed. And if I come into a new job, I'm still going to be blessed. Doesn't matter where I go, in the city, I'm blessed. In the country, I'm blessed. You know what? I'll be blessed. Oh, come on, give God a big hand. Amen. Remember, as we meditate in the mirror of God's Word, we are being transformed into the same image. The image of Jesus Christ. The image of Jesus. That's what we want. We want to be like Jesus. From glory to glory. So it's not instant. you got to invest your time and your energy to do this. One last verse and I'll end. But this is a powerful verse. Philemon 1 verse 6. Can we all read this verse together? Last verse and we'll close, okay? Starting now. That the sharing of your faith 
may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Again, in Christ Jesus, every good thing is already in us. In Jesus, every good thing, every good thing you can imagine that you need in your life, pertaining to life and godliness, is already in you. Now, but let's unpack this. The word sharing of your faith, the word sharing also means distribution, transfer, or release. So our faith is effectively released by the acknowledgement of every good thing. Now, this word acknowledgement is a very powerful word. I checked the dictionary. You know, you can go back and check your dictionary.com. It means I'm going to admit as real and true the existence of a thing. I acknowledge it. That means this thing is real, it's true, it already exists. So even if I don't see it, even if I don't feel it, even if nobody believes it, I will admit as real and true the existence of my miracle is already here. It's already there. So when I call those things which did not exist as though they did. Now, that's what Abraham did. He called those things that didn't exist, felt nothing, saw nothing, as though they did. That means it's already happened. He already got it. So, acknowledgement is more than confession. Confession, sometimes we say, I will have it someday. But acknowledgement says, I admit it's real, it is true, that it's already existing right now, I already got it, I may not see it, I may not feel it, but by faith, I have it right now in Jesus' name. Oh, go ahead and give God a big hand. Now, now wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I got you cut too early. <laughs> the punchline here is this. The beautiful part is this. When I activate my faith and acknowledge it, then my faith is released and what I need is transferred to me. The transfer of what I believe God for happens when I can admit my healing is real, it's true, and already exists now. The transfer happens. You get it? This is one of the most powerful verses in the entire scripture. And you know, we all know this. In all your ways, you acknowledge Him, and he will direct your path, right? God has a million and one ways to get us out of debt. God has a million and one ways to use us to win souls and build up his church. But first, we must acknowledge that what we are believing God for is real, is true, and already in existence. When we can do that, we live a life of miracle, a life of victory, a life that has no limits. Oh, come on, go ahead and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise tonight. Amen. How many of you want to live a life of miracles? Put up your hands right now. But shall we all stand on our feet? I can feel the spirit of faith in this room tonight. Why don't we just lift our hearts and just speak in tongues right now, shall we? From the front to the back, from the left to the right. 
Musicians and singers, just come up and help me right now. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just pray for another 30 seconds. Just close our eyes. Just focus on the Lord right now. All the blessings you need. All the blessings you need. Every spiritual blessing pertaining to life and godliness. God has already given to you. God has given to me. God has given to us. Let's just worship God together, shall we? Hallelujah. Amen. I have read the
Brian says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We may not see it because you know what? Everything in the invisible realm is meant to be brought down by faith to the natural realm. Just like God wanted Adam to have, make a duplicate of heaven on the earth. Everything that Jesus has done for us, we can live it out in our lives. The Bible says over here, it says that His divine power has given to us all things that, pertains to, that pertain to life and godliness. All things. The love that we need, the love of God has been poured out already in our hearts, in its entirety, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Bible tells us that what we need to do, that whatever our faith is believing God for, that transfer, that release, that distribution of what we need will become powerful effective when we can admit, we can acknowledge that it is real, it's true, it's already in existence right now. Every good thing which is in us, in Christ Jesus. Let's talk in tongues and believe God for. Let's believe God for the miracle. Hallelujah. If you're sick in a body, put your hands on the part that is sick. If it's cancer, I just got news today. Some one of my friends just got breast cancer. Today, in the mighty name of Jesus, he can heal breast cancer. If you got breast cancer, put your hands on your chest. If you got lung cancer, put your hands there. If you got stomach cancer, put your hands on the stomach. Put your hands on the tumor. Put your hands on your body. If there's leukemia, there's lymphoma. If you cannot see, you cannot hear, you got problems, your eyes, glaucoma, cataract. Put your hands over there. You got nose cancer, put your hands on your nose, put your hands in your mouth. If you got lung cancer, your throat cancer, put your hands on your throat. You got migraine headache, put your hands on your head. You got insomnia, depression. Put your hands on your head today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we were healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every good thing that we need, healing, health, is ours in Christ Jesus. We believe, we believe. We call our healing. We call our healing as though they did. We call our healing as though it exists. We are healed. We are well. Our marriage is blessed. Our relationship is blessed in the name of Jesus. Our business is blessed.
your hands across the house right now. Let's just begin to pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that we will have good health. Oh, we'll live long, we'll live strong. Total healing, not a strand of sickness in our body. Not a strand of sickness in our body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we were healed. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Oh God, oh God, oh God, just put down your hands. If you believe, first of all, if you believe that God has touched your body, you believe God has healed you, then can we today just give God a big clap right now. Let's just begin to thank Him, begin to praise Him in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. This week I received quite a number of emails and people are worried about the economy, they're worried about their jobs. I want to encourage you, greater is He, greater are you, greater is our God. No matter what happens, you'll be blessed. We believe you're going to keep your job. But sometimes, you know, sometimes when God wants to take us to a better job, the only way is for you to leave that job to go to a better job. Sometimes you're not willing and, and God just make things happen. So you just got to trust. You got to trust. I'm blessed in my going out. If, the, if that happens, I'll be blessed. And I'll be blessed in my coming into a new phase in my life. Doesn't matter if, yeah, go ahead and praise God. Yeah, amen, amen. Focus, focus on Jesus. Focus on the Word. Amen, focus on Him. Don't, don't focus on what people say. Don't focus on the economy. Don't focus, focus on the Lord. He will not disappoint you, right? He will not, everything that you need is given. Can we just pray today for all our jobs? Can we pray today for all our career? I know some of you have mortgage payments. Some of you got car loans you need to service. Some of you need a breakthrough in your finances. Let's just believe God right now. Why don't, why don't we stand in agreement? I know I got you to hold your hands many times. Why don't we just hold our neighbor's hands one last time tonight? And let's just stand, come in agreement with the Word of God. Let's come in agreement. Let's say, let's admit Israel is true in existence right now. Let's all say together, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything I need to live my life. Everything I need to live my life. Pertaining to godliness. Pertaining to godliness. Everything I need. Everything I need. To, to be successful. To be successful. To provide for my family. To provide for my family. To provide for myself. To provide for myself. To, be, to live a prosperous life. To live a prosperous life. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I admit. I admit. I acknowledge. I acknowledge. It is there. It is there. It is real. It is real. It is true. It is true. I have it in Jesus now. I have it in Jesus. Now. By faith I believe. By faith I believe. I have the power to get wealth. I have the power to get wealth. With no painful toil. With no painful toil. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. I will prosper. I will prosper. I am prospering. I am prospering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. 
Will you pray for your neighbors on your left and your right? Lord, all the silver and gold are yours. And you're giving all to us as our inheritance. Not one female, not one elect. Oh God, we believe. God, we believe. God, we believe. Give him a big clap tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we praise you. God, we praise you. Clap your hands on your people. Let's shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 